enterprising in my surroundings. I'm finding the quietest estates these days. This representation of storm brewing amazed that the focus remains the vocal focal point of my team. Hello and welcome to the Rambling Runner Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Chittam, and this is the podcast for all the dedicated amateur runners out there who are working hard to get better while balancing running with the rest of their lives. And I'm so excited for today's chat with Steve Kirkwood. This man is awesome. He is awesome. He is a self-described food addict who went from weighing 360 pounds down to 280, back up to 320. And now he is flat out kicking butt. And it's not just about weight. It's about the running. It's about the habits. It's about connecting to our bodies and what that means. And this guy is doing all that. He is just such an awesome guy. And I really enjoyed this episode with him. That's for sure. Just just so much fun. Also, a big shout out to our sponsor for today's episode, Four Sigmatic, my favorite coffee brand. Not just in the morning, but in the afternoon too. I love the little packets. Can heat them up. Drop of a dime. I love those things so much. So big shout out to Four Sigmatic, sponsoring the first episode of every month this year, the Rambling Runner podcast. Go check them out. I, I am I am such a huge fan. I really are. Uh, when people hear mushroom coffee, their first inclination probably is, what? What? Mushroom coffee? It's great. It's great. I, I absolutely love it. So let's get into it right now with Steve Kirkwood. Steve Kirkwood, welcome to the show, my man. Hey, Matt, and I appreciate you having me on here today. I'm really excited to chat with you. That's for sure. You've done something that so many people out there like, hey, could I do this? Right. You were somebody who, you know, was able to really channel your inner athlete and have now like progressed so much in so many ways. And it's something that a lot of us, no matter where we are in the path or uh, what our current status is, we all look at people who've done something like this and say, wow, this is incredible. It's, it's, it really shows a testament to what is possible in people. And no matter what your starting point is, you know, where can you go from there? So I'm excited to chat with you about that. Just tell me about your, your running right now. How's it, how's it progressing at this moment? Uh, running right now is going pretty good. We, um, I, I've picked back up with my coach and, um, you know, we, I, I picked up a coach back when I knew I wanted to run a marathon. And so I picked up a coach to get me to the finish line of that marathon, uh, really to get me to the starting line. I told her, if you give me the starting line, I think I can get to the finish line. But anyway, so after the marathon, we took some time off, uh, and now we pick back up and now our focus is more speed. And so I'm doing more track workouts and, uh, interval runs and tempo runs, things of that nature. So, um, I, I love to go fast and I love to, I love the speed workouts, uh, getting in the pain cave a little bit, uh, is, is fun for me. So I look forward to those workouts. I've got one, uh, happening tonight. So pretty excited about that. There you go. All right. And, and you had actually an interesting post the other day because it's something that so many of us can, can relate to. And it's interesting coming from you, someone who has, again, we'll, we'll dive into your, into your past and your progression here in a second, but someone who's, you know, gone through so many steps, right? Overcome a lot of different hurdles and a lot of different ways. And you had a, it was a three by one mile repeat session that didn't quite go your way. And even now, right, you, you still have to learn how to deal with, you know, handling workouts that don't quite go well. And, you know, making sure that our, uh, our expectations are in line with what we're doing and just handling that whole process. So, so tell me about that night. Cause I know a lot of us can relate to that. And, and just in context of like, you know, we're always, we're always learning with this stuff. Yeah. So uh, I saw somebody's Instagram post the other day that talked about humble pie. And 
I, I commented on their post. I said, man, I've been served. I've been getting fat off of humble pie here lately. Um, and through marathon training, I felt like it went really well. Um, I was hitting paces, hitting mileage, things were going good. Um, my coach is getting after me a little bit about slowing down and things, but, uh, I just felt like things were going really, really well. Um, and then now that we've picked up in these speed workouts, they're a little more challenging. And so, but because I had such a good streak of, of runs, you know, I kind of underestimated the difficulty of some of these, uh, track workouts and speed workouts and things. And so I had that three by one mile and man, it just destroyed me. Um, I, I thought I was doing well. And then when I went back and it, like, I knew I was struggling, but I thought I was hitting my paces. And then when I went back and looked at them later, I, I think I hit one out of three, and I was like, oh, man, my coach, is, she's going to like quit on me, you know, <laughs> but thankfully she wasn't. She was good. And so we're we're working on it, getting better. Right. It's funny, right? Because as athletes, oftentimes we worry about like, oh, what's my coach going to say? And they're always kind of and as coaches, you're like, no, man, it's like it's the intent of the workout, right? The pace isn't what matters, right? It's like the intent. There can be so many different factors. But as athletes, sometimes we can get hung up on. All right. Here's the schedule. Here's what it says. Here's what I need to do. And there's a positive in that, right? Because you're like, hey, if you're if you're like, hey, I want there's a plan. I want to stick to the plan, right? It kind of leads back to like the motivation. I want to be part of it. I want to make sure I'm I'm doing all the things that I want to do. But it's also easy to kind of like lose sight of the fact of like, hey, no, no, no. The intent of the workout is that you're stressing your body and you're going to recover from it, and it doesn't necessarily have to hit every single thing that's on the schedule or. You know, just even even the times, right? Because there can be mitigating factors and it can be hot and humid and a very stressful day. But as athletes, sometimes we can lose sight of that. Oh, yeah. That's the thing. You know, I'm down here in South Florida. So uh, weather is a huge factor for us and uh, the humidity and things like that. But I'm an overthinker. And so when I start missing paces, immediately I start thinking, man, am I not resting right? You know, I'm not fueling my body right. And everything just starts going into my head like um, you're doing it all wrong, you know? <laughs> and so like I'll send my I'll send my stats to my coach and I just I just put in there, I'm sorry. You know, oh, <laughs> like, I have nothing else to say, you know. <laughs> she's probably and sitting so, there like, what are you apologizing for? It, that's most of the time. She's like, hey, it's okay. You put in the effort, you put in the work. So Oh, it's so true. All right. Let's talk about putting in the effort and putting in the work, right? So you're doing this now. You've you've you're out there, you're doing speed workouts, you're coming off a marathon, you got all these goals, right? There was a time where you weighed 360 pounds and you were pretty far removed from what you're doing now as a runner. So talk to me about the process where that got you to the point where you spun it around, right? So we'll talk about like the the, the actions from, okay, you put a line in the sand and all of a sudden you start working on, on your habits and your health and on all of those things. But what led you to the point um, that that became a necessity? Okay, so... The somewhat short version of that, um, you know, yeah, I was 360 pounds at my heaviest. Um, I ended up being a diabetic, uh, type two diabetic. Um, so they put me on, uh, I was never on insulin, but they put me on some medications and pills. I was taking that, uh, I had cholesterol issues, all those things. So because of that, I, I lost a little bit of weight, uh, dropped about 40 pounds, got down to like 320, uh, and all that. And then I had a buddy challenge me to uh, a Tough Mudder competition, uh, a Tough Mudder obstacle course race. I don't know if you've, you've heard of those or not. Yeah, of course. And so I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, we do crazy stuff like this all the time. And so I signed up for that. Um, 
and, and started training to do that, which that was probably a mistake. Those things are no joke. Um, <laughs> and, and so I got down to like 280 uh, in that. And I thought I felt pretty good at that point. Um, ran the Tough Mudder, didn't do well with that at all. Uh, when I was done with that, I just quit training altogether, quit dieting. I gained weight back. I went back up to about 320, maybe a little bit more even. Um, so you had lost 80 pounds. Yeah. I mean, that is some serious, serious work that you had to do to get to that point. What what, what in your life set the stage for you even to be at the point where you weighed 360 pounds? Like, what were the things that led to, like, what were the, the behaviors or the self-limiting beliefs? Or what were the things that got you to that point to begin with? Matt, I... <laughs> I, I tell people all the time, I, I'm a food addict. Um, you know, the way people are addicted to drugs or alcohol or, or whatever addictions are out there, I am addicted to food. I, I love food. And and so um, I just created this unhealthy habit within myself, nobody else to blame but me, um, that, you know, I was just consumed by food. Um, I actually had a, a buddy in high school uh, who actually, he tried to help me a bit. He tried to start taking me to a gym, try to lift weights and things. And, and he used to, as a high school buddy of mine, he used to tell me, he said, Steve, you, you need to stop living to eat and learn to eat to live. Um, but I, I never grasped that concept, you know, and, and I did, I lived to eat. If I was going on vacation, first thing I was doing was looking up restaurants, you know, um, was there any, restaurant in the town I'm going to that was on diners, drives and dive-ins, you know, stuff like that, you know, and, uh, and those types of things. So I just lived to eat and created these very unhealthy habits in myself. Um, you know, if I was having a, um, a really bad day, I would comfort myself with food. Um, if something great happened, I celebrated with food. You know, if somebody wanted to get together, I said, well, Hey, let's meet at a restaurant. Um, everything revolved around food for me. And it, I just blew up, you know, and, and I remember, I remember at my heaviest, I, we had went to go see my, my in-laws, my wife's parents in, in Utah. And I remember flying home after that week or two weeks, whatever we were out there and again on vacation. So I was just gorging myself even more than I normally did. And I remember on the plane, I had to ask for one of the extension things on the, the seatbelt things. And, and I remember that point really feeling low, like, you know, cause it, it was just embarrassing, you know, um, th there are people that are big and they're healthy. I was not that I was just, I was big and I was unhealthy and that, that made the difference, you know, um, in that. And so I, I just, a habit of unhealthy choices, being addicted to food, doing whatever I could to get food. I, I would get food, eat it, not even tell my wife, you know, before we came home. Um, then I would sit down and eat dinner, even though I just, you know, ate a double cheeseburger and French fries or whatever, I'd come back home and I'd still eat another meal, you know, and, and that's that level of addiction that I have to food. And, and even today, it's still a struggle for me. You know, I, I, I battle that every single day, you know, of, comfort eating and celebrating eating and, and those types of things. Hey guys, I want to take a quick break to talk about my friends over at Four Sigmatic. This coffee company, first of all, I love coffee. I've loved it for a very long time. Okay. So I have a discerning taste and I really enjoy my multiple cups of coffee every day. So the first time I heard about mushroom coffee, I wasn't into it. 
Just the idea of it. Like, I already love coffee. I don't want to mess with success. But let me tell you, I'm so glad that I tried this stuff six months ago because I have it every single day now, ever since I did try it. And the thing that I love the most is the ground mushroom coffee with lion's mane and chaga. Not only do you get, you know, the caffeine delivery system that all coffee is, but you also get two mushrooms that are extremely good for you. And that's such a big deal, right? So not only does it help with immunity, but these are powerhouse mushrooms. Chaga is the king of mushrooms, in fact. And these are things that people have been using across the globe for a long time. So when it comes to, all right, I want to have coffee in the morning, that's a daily staple. Let me ask you this question. Are you going to have coffee that's just about caffeine or do you want to bring something more to the table without sacrificing taste? In fact, this is some of the best tasting coffee that I've ever had. So I think you should give it a try if you haven't done so already. If you already love it, well, hey, I got a way for you to save some extra cash when it comes to buying it. So what you want to do right now is basically use my code. So go to foursigmatic.com. That's F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C. That's it, foursigmatic.com forward slash rambling runner, okay? And you can also use code rambling runner on the website. Either way, you're going to save 10% on your order. So go today, go check it out. Because believe me, if you love coffee, you're going to love Four Sigmatic. Hey, everybody, do you want to save money on your grocery bill? Well, every plate is 25% cheaper than grocery shopping. Try America's Best Value Meal Kit for planning dinners today. I love every plate for a couple of different reasons. First of all, I just love having things in my kitchen, especially in my refrigerator, that isn't the same old thing that I do every single week. Also, getting things that aren't too adventurous that my kids are definitely going to eat. Obviously, you're never going to beat that a thousand with that. But with every plate, my kids have really enjoyed it. And I like the food as well. And it's just not the same stuff every single week, which can get tiring. So you can choose between 17 recipes that change each week, swap proteins and sides for things that you like. So you can switch up your dinner routine however you want. And that's the key thing. It's however you want. There's so many options and it's all great stuff, which is also huge. For me, the difference between this and some of the other uh, services in this genre are, first of all, the price. It's absolutely fantastic. We'll get to it in a second. The kinds of meals that are provided, that they're really good, but not too adventurous, have also been a huge thing for me. And now I've been using these more often now that groceries have kind of gone up and the price for every plate has pretty much stayed the same. So try every plate today. It's $1.79 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering code RamblingRunner179. That stands for $1.79 per meal. So get started with every plate, like I said, for $1.79 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering code RamblingRunner179 today. That's up to $104 value. Our next partner has a product that I use literally every day. I started taking Athletic Greens because I heard other podcasters who were really into performance and athletics, people like Rich Roll and Tim Ferriss, who used it all the time. And I thought, hey, man, if they're going to use it, then I should too. And I'm so glad that I did. So what's in the stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, adaptogens, all to help you start your day the right way. The special blend of ingredients support your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your focus, your recovery, literally all the things. I mean, there's too many things for me to list. I actually have to like take a pause during the sentence, uh, but it's, it's legit and I'm so glad that I use it. 
I use it basically because I know that getting my vitamins and minerals from from foods is probably the best way to do it. But I usually just don't have the kind of diet and make the kind of food choices that's going to put myself in the optimum position. And that's why I take Athletic Greens to make sure that I have everything I need because I know I'm probably not getting it from foods because I just don't quite have the, the discipline or the food choices that I need. And Athletic Greens is there to help me out. And I'm so glad that they are. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash rambling runner. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash rambling runner to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutrition insurance. So what were the habits that you needed to embrace or just the the things that you need to do to kind of curb that. I mean, it's not like it's not like alcohol where you can be like, okay, I'm done, right? And I'm, I'm not minimizing. It's an extremely difficult thing to do. Be like, okay, I am now sober. Alcohol is not part of my life. Like, can't do that with food, right? You still got to eat, and this is this is just part of the daily life. And there's there's always going to be that. And you know, it's it's not as if you can just just say, hey, cold turkey, no more food for me, dude. Um, so what were the things that you need to do or not when you, when you are at your best in terms of managing what you're putting into your body, but also enjoying the process as well. So it's not like you're a, you're like a, a slave to like minimalism, like, okay, I will never enjoy food again. I'm done. Right. Like, so you're enjoying the food, but you're doing it in a way that's beneficial for you, mind, body, and spirit. What what are the things that you're doing to make the most of that experience? Yeah, that, that's what I love telling people. You know, is when I started this journey, I I never once called it a diet. It, it was a healthy journey. You know, to me, you know, the word diet has die in it. You know, um, and, and so when I first I had started, never heard that before, it's so obvious. Like, it's, oh yeah, there's only yeah. one other letter, but I had never heard that before. <laughs> yeah. When I started, um, when I first started this journey, I didn't even eliminate foods from my life. I just cut back on what I was eating. And so instead of getting a, you know, a double quarter pounder and a large fry and a large soda, I would get a regular quarter pounder, a regular fry and a regular soda. And I just did things like that, um, just to cut back because again, I was 360 pounds. And so, you know, even to cut back on what I was eating was going to help me. Even if I was eating junk at that point, it was still less, you know, calorie deficit, if you will. And so that helped me out. Um, and then I started, you know, the more I lost weight, the more I had to get a little bit more, um, focused. I don't want to say restricted, but focused on what I ate. Um, but but I again, I I I have never been one of those, you know, it, and um, I know people who have lost a bunch of weight doing keto and I've known a lot of people that lose weight, you know, with other weight loss methods, things like that. But for me, it was just a matter of just enjoying food like I always have, but just finding a way to enjoy it in healthier ways. So one of my favorite things in the world is pizza. You know, I love pizza. Um, I love a good pan pan size, you know, uh, crust, uh, and all that. And so one of the choices I would make was if I wanted a pizza, I would get a pizza, but instead of getting a large pan, you know, pizza, I would get a medium thin crust pizza. And then instead of eating, 
you know, four, possibly five slices of pizza, I would eat three, possibly four slices. And so just by switching from a large pan style pizza to a medium thin crust pizza, I was saving myself 100, 150 calories a slice. And so, but I was still getting the pizza taste. Mm. And so that helped me mentally. It helped me. Um, another thing I did, a lot of people, they get blown away, I guess, by this thought was I quit using a regular size dinner plate. I started using smaller, like the salad plates so that when I would put a smaller portion of food on my plate to my eyes and to my mind, I still had a full plate of food. And so I was tricking my brain, if you will, to think, Hey, you're still eating a lot of food. But in actuality, I was cutting back on my portion sizes. Um, I'm also, I'm a fast eater. Um, oh, I can relate to that as, as a guy with kids. I'm, <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm now like eating like with just my wife, we sit there, we're like, all right, we just had, we ate dinner in three minutes. Like there was no need for that. I can, I'm constantly eating super fast. I can't wait to, to hear how you address this. Yeah. Well, for me, it was, I got to eat fast so that I can get the seconds first. Mm. You know, if the food's out there, I want to be the first one to get the seconds because I don't want that to run out. So I would consume food really fast and I still eat fast today, but I switched from using a regular size fork down to the salad fork because therefore it maybe takes smaller bites. So then it would take me longer to eat, which, you know, they always say it gives your brain time to tell your stomach that it's full and, and those types of things. So I did a lot of things to trick my brain, if you will, uh, to, to make myself think that I was still getting what I wanted, but I was getting it different in healthier ways. That makes a lot of sense. Okay, so let's go back to Tough Mudder. Okay, so you had the Tough Mudder experience. You had lost. You kind of like skipped past it. You're like, I got down to, to 280. Like that's that's 80 pounds you had lost. That's a considerable amount. Um, Tough Mudder didn't go your way. It sounds like things start going the other direction. What about that experience for you was disheartening or that, that stopped the momentum that you had created in a way? Yeah, so... Again, 360, my heaviest, uh, and, and I'll throw this in there. I was 360, my heaviest. I remember one time, I used to love that show, The Biggest Loser, but I would sit and watch that show while eating a bowl of ice cream, you know, <laughs> or or eating like chips and dips, like, you know. But I'm, I remember, I'm laughing not at you. I'm laughing because I have done similar things. That's right. It's, it's recognition in myself. <laughs> but I do remember one time watching that show, uh, again, as a 360-pound man, and, and there was this guy on there who was talking about, how he was embarrassed to take his daughter to school because he was afraid of what his daughter's friends would say about him. Um, and when I was watching that show, my daughter was about to go into kindergarten and, and that really hit me. And I was like, I, because I was having those same fears. And so that motivated me for a little bit to, to start losing some weight. Um, and so I got down, like I said, about 340, something like that, or 320, somewhere around there. Then my buddy asked me to sign up for the Tough Mudder. So we started training to do that. I got down to 280. So what happened was from 360 down to 280, I had lost so much weight that I had my diabetes under control. And so I was able to get off of the pills that I was taking for the diabetes because I was managing it with my diet and exercise. So I did the Tough Mudder. Uh, again, I told you it didn't go very well. Those things are they are tough. That's why they call them Tough Mudders, right? Um, but I only did that because my buddy was like, hey, let's do it. So once I was done with it, so did all the training, so did all the, you know, the healthy eating and all that. So it just, I just stopped because I was done. 
Right. So it's just like like mission accomplished. Exactly. See you later. Yeah, but I didn't accomplish the mission even. <laughs> <laughs> but what happened was at at that point, I stopped everything and I gained weight back. And I went back up to like 320, 330-ish, somewhere around there, um, which threw my diabetes back in. But I never got back on the diabetes pills. And so I just wasn't taking care of my body at all. Um, just totally unhealthy. And, and so what happened was, is I wasn't taking care of my body. The diabetes is, you know, just wreaking havoc on my body, but I wasn't doing anything about it. And then there was, there was a Sunday afternoon where my sugar spiked really high and it, and it made me sick. Um, and it, I, I'm, I'm a pastor. Um, and so I'm a man of faith. I, uh, and so Sundays, you know, that's, that's God's day, right? So I ended up not being able to go and do what I absolutely love to do on Sunday night and be at church. I wasn't able to do that. And that was the tipping point for me, Matt. Um, I, I sat there that night and I'm like, this is ridiculous. I am missing out on the most favorite part of my life because I'm too stupid to take care of my own health. And so when my wife came home that night, I said, I, I can't do this anymore. And I said, I got to change. And so started that next Monday and started this journey. Now, as a man of faith at that point, right? So you're, you're, are sitting there, you're trying to week after week and day after day to kind of like understand and be one with like, you know, for you, like God's spirit and his intentions for you and, and, and just people in general. Why was there, do you think this divide between like what in your mind, God's plan for you was and how you were treating the gifts that he provided, right? In terms of like your body and your health and how that was, you know, it seemed to be like you had kind of like, in a sense, kind of divorced it from your faith life as opposed to say, making it a holistic thing of like, okay, this is all part of, you know, my connection with the Lord and having this sense of like, okay, like my body is also a gift that he has provided, not just the the people in my life and, and the things that I'm surrounded by. That's that's exactly right. And I guess that's that's where sometimes our our religion has a problem, I guess, you know, and, and there's probably people listening saying, yeah, religion's got a lot of problems. <laughs> but one thing is like, you know, we look at certain things and we're like, yeah, that's bad. That's that's terrible. Those people shouldn't do that. But then when it comes to obesity, when it comes to gluttony, as the Bible would call it, we just kind of overlook it, you know. Um, and, and we're more accepting of those types of things. Um, and, and so it was easy to disconnect those things, you know, because it was like, well, yeah, I'm overweight, but at least I'm not doing what this guy's doing over here, you know? And, and so I was able to disconnect that. But the amazing thing is, is that I, as I began this health journey, I began to connect spiritually in ways I hadn't connected in, in a long time, you know? And, and I really began to find out when I begin to take care of this body, like you said, that, that I believe God gave me and God gifted me with, when I begin to take care of this, it, it really just took things to another level for me, um, you know, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, more than just physically, you know, and, and that's the, that was the beauty of it. And the thing I never even thought about as a 360 pound man, you know, uh, but I, I see it now on the other side of it. So do you think that was because how you're just the ramifications of of bringing your body kind of back in order with how it, it probably wanted to be the whole time? Or is it more 
that like a byproduct of just the the habits and the you know just kind of like aligning with you know how to live a proper life and by that i mean um i think it was elliot kipchoge had this uh this speech at oxford i think it was like a couple of years ago and he said you know the disciplined man is the free man because through that discipline he creates freedom from himself and freedom of not you know reacting to things and being able to think ahead and and being able to you know live the life that they imagined and not just always be reactive to things again this isn't exactly an apples to apples comparison but do you think it was more like that side of things or more of just like hey now once i got to like once i got started to get my body in that natural state where it wanted to be where it craved to be it kind of opened things up for me i think it's probably a combination of both you know, um, and again, being a man of faith, I, I feel like God has given us this body and, 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 and he wants us to take care of it. He wants us to take care of this planet that we live on. You know, he, he, he has given us this and we're to be good stewards of it. And so I wasn't being a good steward of, of this, what he had given me. And so when I begin to do that, then, you know, as, as you alluded to Kipchoge quote, you know, that this one man's a free man, you know, is, it's because I got things more in line, you know, and, and when you get things more in line with who you're supposed to be and what you're supposed to be doing, then you do, you feel more free. You know, you feel like you could do anything, you know, at that point. Right. Right. No, that makes, that makes sense. So when did running enter the picture here? So, you know, I told you that Sunday I had that, that moment, you know, that was, that was when everything switched to my brain. Uh, everything changed for me. Um, that Monday, I went out for a walk because um, I, I didn't know anything about exercise. I didn't know anything, you know, but I knew people always said, you gotta, you gotta get moving. So, so I, I grabbed my dog and we went for a walk. Uh, we walked to the end of my street and I wasn't sure I was going to get back, um, which was kind of shocking to me uh, because, you know, I had played like, you know, old man softball leagues and stuff like that, you know? And, and so I thought I was somewhat in shape, you know, but <laughs> I took this walk to the end of my street and I wasn't sure I was going to get back. I was so out of breath. I was so out of shape with it. You know, um, I wouldn't find out later until I really started running. That was a quarter of a mile it, it, from my house to the end of my street was a quarter mile. And, and I wasn't sure I was going to make it back from that. Um, but none, nonetheless, I just stayed consistent. Uh, just kept walking. I got to where I was walking, you know, miles at a time. Um, you know, and I was again, consistent, maybe not every day, but, but pretty close to it. So then one day I was out. And I was walking, I lived in, uh, out in the country in Indiana, uh, where houses and mailboxes and things are spread out, you know, and, and I was looking at a mailbox down the road and I thought, man, I wonder if I could run to that mailbox. And so I did, I jogged to that mailbox and I was like, man, that kind of felt good, <laughs> you know, and I was proud of myself. And so the next day I was like, I wonder if I could run two mailboxes down. And so I ran two mailboxes down and it just from there, it just steamrolled. Um, I, I, I enjoyed that feeling of moving my body and, um, you know, at this point I was still probably 270, 275 pounds at the point, you know, uh, but I just felt good getting my body moving like that. So then I downloaded a, an app, the couch to 5k app, um, downloaded that app and started using that to teach myself to run. Um, it's, I think that's an eight week program or a 12 week program, something like that. Uh, or maybe it's an eight week program. It took me 12 weeks to finish it. Um, something like that. It took me longer to finish it. Cause I didn't, I wasn't able to complete all the, the runs. Like I felt like I should have. 
And then even then, by the end of the app, by the time I finished the app, you know, it, it, it's called Couch to 5K, but they base it more on time than they do on distance. So they assume by the time you finish the program, you're running 35 minutes straight and they're assuming that you're going to run a 5K. I was running 35 minutes straight, but I was only running like 2.7, 2.8 miles. Right. So you're doing like 12 to 13 minute mile pace where they're kind of assuming you'll be at around 11. Yeah, exactly. And so, so I was running 35 minutes, but I wasn't quite hitting the 5K. Uh, but I finished the program. And by that point, I was, I was kind of hooked. You know, I just kind of really enjoyed it. So I just kept going, um, just kept running, just kept doing things. And, um, and again, it just steamrolled into just this unstoppable habit for me now at this point. I love it. All right. So the steamrolling effect, right? So I'm imagining I'm like different metaphor of like this snowball, right? Coming down the mountain, gaining, you know, you're in South Florida, you know, obviously, but you're from the Midwest. So, you know, right. you know, the snow metaphor, right? So also picking up steam and, and here it goes. Um, was it, was it that momentum the whole time or did you have setbacks and hurdles that tested you along the way? Uh, I really didn't. I, I'll say yes and no to that. So I, I, I loved running and, and I just kept doing it and was doing it more and more and more, um, you know, just running all the time. Uh, really enjoyed it. Um, and again, I won't really say there were setbacks. There were times I was discouraged. You know, I, I, I remember distinctly one day I was running through a neighborhood and there were some teenagers and, and their dad out in the front yard. And as I come running by their house, all of them, including the dad, started making fun of me. Um, you know, cause I was an overweight guy running. It was probably a pretty funny sight, you know, but, uh, but they were out there and they were just like, they didn't care. Like they were just making fun of me running by the house. And that was kind of discouraging, you know? And I was like, man, maybe I am a waste of time. Like maybe I shouldn't be doing this, you know? Um, but I had some people encourage me and say, no, don't do that. You know, use, use that as motivation, you know? And, um, and, and so I did that. The biggest setback. Can we, though, can, we, probably, can we talk about that for a second? Can we talk yeah, about yeah, that? Because yeah. a, lo a lot of people feel that, and that is something that can be ubiquitous um, for people that you wouldn't even necessarily assume. Or maybe you you know people who who go through this, but I think generally speaking, this affects more uh, people than just folks who you know, are coming back from weighing three hundred and sixty pounds. Um, and it can be something where people can feel ashamed or have that imposter syndrome and it can really be discouraging or just just the meanness of it, right? It's not even like it's a bunch of kids, the dad's there and you're like, what the hell, man? Like you're you're okay with this? Like you're you're and not only that, you're joining in. Like that can be a hard thing. Let's just talk about imposter syndrome generally speaking, right? Because you're in this position where you know you're you're coming along, you're doing all these things, but you know if you're running out in public and you're you know you're running in your community, you're even even past that. Um, when you're talking to people or counseling people on how to deal with that sort of imposter syndrome or or the chance that that might be might be mocked or maybe even the certainty, like hey, yes, this this is not only could happen, this will happen from time to time, but that shouldn't mean that you're not going to do it. And what, what is some of the advice or counsel you provide people who might be in a similar situation? I, I just remind people that those people don't know your story. You know, th those people didn't know how far I had come already, you know? And although I was maybe 270, 260 pounds at that time, they didn't know I'd lost a hundred pounds. You know, if, if they knew that they probably wouldn't have been making the jokes, you know? Um, and, and so I don't listen, 
they don't know your story. They don't know where you're at. You know your story and you know the story you want to write for your life. And so do you want to write a story that's going to have, you know, a sad ending, you know, where, you know, you got discouraged and you quit? Or do you want to write a story of triumph? You know, you, you overcame the obstacles, you overcame the, the difficulties to um, to achieve what you wanted to achieve. Um, and, and that was one thing I just constantly reminded myself. This is for me. This is my story. This is for my family. Um, even when it came down to, to workouts and exercise, you know, I could have very easily cut corners and, and you know, and cut a run short. Nobody would have known, you know, and there was days where I was like, I, I think I'll just quit this one. But I always reminded myself, the only person I'm cheating, the only person I'm cutting short is myself. And, and, and if I want this, then I've got to work for it no matter what the outside world, no matter what the outside people are, are saying, I've got to want it for me. And once you had, you know, lost at that point, you know, I know this started as a weight loss journey, but once it had morphed and feel like, all right, my weight here all of a sudden is not an issue, right? All of a sudden the, the diabetes is under control. I, my body, and I, I feel like I, I, I like the way that I look. I like the way that I feel and things have really progressed. Once you got to that point and all of a sudden the story has shifted because you've now reached those goals, what story did you want to tell then? Not tell, but what, what was your, what was the story that you wanted to, to, um, I guess the story that you wanted to write once you'd kind of finished that chapter? Well, I, I read a thing and I wish I could remember the numbers. I, I read an article that talked about an overwhelming percentage, like it was, it, it was over 80%. And maybe the number was 80%. It said, whatever the percentage, we'll, we'll say 80%. It, it said 80% of the people who lose a significant amount of, of weight gain it back within three to five years. And, and I read that and I was like, I don't want to be that statistic. You know, th there's a lot of people <laughs> I remember, um, I had, you know, I had gained some weight, you know, over the holidays. I think it was, I had put on a little weight like everybody does, you know? Um, and, and I remember I went, walked into my church one day and, uh, one of the older gentlemen in the church, you know, and, and I don't think he didn't mean anything harsh by it. Uh, but he looked at me and he said, you might want to start getting the big boy clothes out again, you know? And I remember like, Oh my goodness. You know, and again, he didn't, I know he didn't mean anything. I, I know the guy, I know his heart. He didn't mean anything by it, but his words were like piercing, you know? And, um, and I was like, Oh, I can't do that. You know? And, um, because I don't want to be that statistic, you know, I don't want to gain that weight back and just be another one of those. Well, you know, yeah, he lost the weight, but you know, we knew he gained it back. You know, I, I just didn't want to be that. Uh, but I had gotten to the point where I loved running so much and I was running so much that, um, I was able to keep the weight off, even if the, the nutrition side of it was lacking a little bit, I was able to keep that weight off. Right. And it can be hard though, to maintain that consistent effort when we're coming from a place of negativity. And by that, I mean what I don't want, right? So working for, Hey, I don't want to do X, so I will run. Right. Or I don't want to feel X, so I'll run as opposed to positive. You're like, okay, I want to, I want to complete X, Y, Z. I want to feel like ABC. Right. So um, what are some of the things that even now, cause you're, you're still, you're out there, you're kicking butt, but you're training, right? Like you're building up the speed right now. You're post marathon, you're working hard. What are some of the things in your mind that you're not simply running away from, but you're running towards? So for me, I, I just absolutely fell in love with running. 
uh, I, and um, we, we haven't dove into this or not, but I, I ended up having an ankle surgery um, that I had doctor telling me I would never run again. Um, and it, it, just a long story short, obviously I'm running again. But so, so for me to have somebody tell me you're never going to do this again. Now, every day that I step outside, you know, I lace up those shoes and I step outside to run. It's a gift. And, and I love to run. I love to get out there. You know, I, th- there are not days, there, there's days that I dread the heat and there's days that I dread maybe a workout, but I never dread the fact that I get to run. Uh, if that makes sense. And, and, and I know that might be an anomaly for some people, you know, but, uh, not people who listen to this show. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully not. Right. <laughs> but it's just, it's when, again, when you've been told you can't do something ever again, and then all of a sudden you get it back, man, that feeling that that's enough to spark a fire in you to, to get out and run and enjoy every bit of it. Even when you fail the three by 100, you know, the three by one mile repeats. Right. And even in that case, fail is too strong of a word, right? Like you're out there, you worked hard, you stressed your body. That's a win. And that's a great point, right? The, the people who know this the best are injured runners, right? And I'm coming back from that. We've all come back from that certain point. Maintaining that beginner's mind can be so critical, not just in terms of the enthusiasm, but just like, hey, you know, we all come back from from an injury. We're like, okay, I'm not going to take this for granted again. And then like, it's so easy to fall in the mix of like, oh, my expectation for this run was this and I didn't meet it. And now I'm bummed out because my run didn't go as well as I wanted. Or like past me would have like slapped me upside the head and be like, you got to run, man. Relax. Like you said you weren't going to complain about this anymore. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, it's just an excitement, you know, and, and it hasn't left me yet, you know, and ho- hopefully it doesn't, um, you know, just, and, and that's one thing that, you know, I always try to encourage people, you know, on social media, you know, man, we get to run, we get to do this. It is amazing that our bodies can do what they do. You know, and, and I watch guys like Chip Co- uh, Kipchoge and, and I'm like, you know, I'm looking at my marathon time. I'm looking at my half marathon time and I'm like, that dude's running a full marathon, you know, as fast as I'm running a half marathon. And, <laughs> and it just blows my mind that our bodies are capable of something so incredible. And, uh, it, it, <laughs> I had to cut this short, Matt. I'm ready to go run now. Hey, uh, go. Well, hey, we do have to get going. So let me just say, say this, though. You are a fun guy to follow on Instagram. You are someone who is just doing awesome things, and you are very supportive of other people, and you just really bring uh, a level of excitement, uh, just generally speaking. So where can people go to follow you there? Hey, it's simple. It's just my name, Steve Kirkwood. Uh, that's the benefits of jumping on social media first thing. Uh, I get my name with none of the weird underscores or anything like that. So you can just find me at, <laughs> at Steve Kirkwood. I love it. See, thank you so much for coming on the show. Matt, thanks for having me, man. I love your podcast. I love listening to you and uh, hearing all these other runners and their journeys. And uh, I'm rooting for you and your comeback and this Mastering 40 thing. Uh, just rooting for you, man. I hope you I hope you master it. You're the best. I appreciate it. Thanks, Matt. Steve, thank you so much for coming on the show. How awesome is this guy? Go, go follow him. Like you said, at Steve Kirkwood over on Instagram. You will be happy that you did. That's for sure. He talked about his coach on your running journey. If you need a coach, I would love to work with you. I truly, truly would. If you're unsure about whether or not I'm a good fit or if having a coach at all is a good fit, please let me know. Send me an email, ramblingrunnerpodcast at gmail.com or just DM me over on Instagram, rambling underscore runner. 
we can chat. We can see if we're going to see if it's a good fit. See if this is something that can help you get to where you want to be as a runner, short term and long term, and see if I'm a good fit for you as a coach, because that's also a huge thing. You want to make sure that you get the good fit. So I'd be happy to have one of those conversations and to work with you as well as we start getting into the summer months. It'll be so much fun, but also it's tricky. Summer months are tricky. You get the humidity, you get the heat. How do you acclimate? How do you get the nutrition in? It can be it can be frustrating for sure. If you have certain goals in mind for workouts and all of a sudden the heat and the weather can really push down on you, you want to make sure that you're doing the right things and also giving yourself plenty of grace. So thank you so much for listening and happy running. This has been a production of Rambling Runner Podcast. This podcast is produced by David Margetti of InPost Media. Thank you to Meta P for the music. His song, Righteous Path, featuring Rex Mayhem and Chip Fu, is produced by Symphonic Bang. Yeah. Enterprising in my surroundings, I'm finding the quietest estates these days. This representation of storm brewing, amazed that the focus remains the vocal focal point of my change. I'm trying to show this industry I got.